Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Today we have Envy Envy (laughs) Composites with with Neil Shirley. Um, Yeah, Envy has been on board with the team. This is our second year now, right, Nick? Yes. Yeah, so Envy, a lot of people think of Envy, and like anyone who's been in the sport for 10, 15 years, any, and you think about like carbon mountain bike wheels, they were like the ones that got into that industry and kind of revolutionized it. Uh, and now, and then they they came over to road, and at least that was the perspective I got. I was living with um, a, an Xterra Pro at one time, and uh, you know, he was all about the new gear, and his Envy wheels came in, and he's like, man... These are the best things ever. These are like carbon mountain bike wheels. Can you believe that? And this was probably 12 years ago or something like that. So, uh, but you know, man, like, can you just take us through, first of all, how are you doing? And uh, second doing, of all, I just want to hear, yeah, yeah happy to I want to hear here. about the growth of the, the company. Like, we, yeah, we love to have you on, man. Yeah, well, you kind uh, of, you kind of nailed it there. I mean, Envy, this is our 18th year, um, actually shipping and selling product there was another year and a half before that before you know before the company ever actually sold anything but just trying to figure out how to make it um but yeah i mean since the very beginning we've been a we've been a performance composite brand and that was like starting in mountain bike rims um then shortly thereafter moving into into road and you know since then it's you know, we've evolved, we've evolved over the years. Um, uh, we've become a real business. We've added a, a lot of new uh, product categories since the beginning, but really, you know, uh, for the past 18 years, like what, what is, uh, you know, what's true to the brand and what our core is like, we are a performance composite company, no matter what it is we're making, whether it's a rim or a handlebar or a, or a bike frame. That makes sense to me too. Um, I remember Leslie Patterson and Xterra world championship or champion world many times over. We'd go ride out in San Diego and she'd have her little mountain bike. She's a very small individual and her bike would probably weigh like under like, I don't know, 12 pounds. Her mountain bike was so freaking light because it was small and i always noticed the envy wheels and so for me that was my also like man these things are pretty tight like i want to get <laughs> and obviously like the name um you know it makes you makes you want them when you see the performance value of the people and the prestige of the athletes who are riding it so it started off as such and you know now you're you're located in utah uh, there was probably an acquisition now how how has that all kind of come to a, a progression? And have you been part of the team for, for long enough to know all that, like what it was like? Yeah. So I've been with Envy for going on six years now. I actually moved out from Los Angeles um, to be a part of, be a part of the team here. Uh, it was an awesome opportunity. There really aren't, you know, in, in the bicycle industry, um, we think of, you know, all the brands are doing, doing cool stuff and everyone is like really passionate about what they're doing. That's the perspective. The reality is that um, a lot of brands are just selling bike stuff. They're not really that passionate about what they're doing. They're not actually making 
that great of stuff, they're putting their name on, on stuff. They have a marketing department, they have a sales department. Envy is one of uh, the very unique brands out there that we are actually manufacturers. We, we are making stuff and we make stuff in the building that I'm sitting in right now. In fact, we've, we've had this building seven years where everything is under one roof from R&D, uh, prototyping, testing, uh, to full manufacturing. Every single rim with the Envy name on it uh, comes, you know, comes from Utah. We've never made a rim outside of, outside of Ogden, Utah. So going back to the very, um, the roots of Envy, we've always been located in Ogden. And, uh, you know, we had Amr Sports, who is our current owner. Uh, they, they purchased us six and a half years ago, something like that, but nothing's changed in terms of uh, manufacturing or offshoring any of our, any of our rims. Um, and again, you know, everything we benefit from the fact that we can have a, you know, we can, we can have a, cu a customer service agent get a, receive a question from one of our consumers and walk right over to engineering and ask about something. And then that engineer can go down to the manufacturing floor and test a, test a product that we're currently making. Um, there aren't many, there aren't many brands that do that where they, they control every step of the process. And that, it's really something that we're proud of. Uh, it, it leads to a higher quality product. It also allows us to be a more nimble in what we're doing and we can, you know, we can change course and correct course if necessary, or come to market with a new product in a shorter, in a shorter lead time. So, um, it gives us a, gives us truly an advantage as a company, but also like I'm, I'm passionate about the 150 employees that I work with and seeing us actually make stuff and going down to the factory floor and seeing, you know, a new one piece handlebar coming out that has Toddy Pogacar's name on it. That's going to go on his tour to France bike or to, you know, to see a, a new, a new rim that's going to go to, you know, go to Mark on, on, uh, and, and go win a, a, an Ironman. So like, these are, these are really cool things that, uh, we get to experience as employees of, of the company. And that, you know, again, it, it's really, it's really unique. Most companies don't actually make anything. It seems also that Envy is very invested in the culture of the sport also, not just giving products. I mean, I know a dear friend in town, uh, TJ Eisenhart, he's an artist. He did some really cool like graffiti type art for you all. It seems like as a culture in you know, cycling is very diverse, obviously. And I think that you all have embraced that really well. You're putting like some, some edginess to what you're doing also. And I really appreciate that when I think of a brand, it's like, you're not just looking to fit a mold. You're looking to kind of set some molds and develop and, and push. And I think to that point, Neil, like how many engineers do you all have on staff right now? Engineering is actually our largest department. I think we have 12 engineers um, in, in the department. And so, yeah, that, that's really between, between our R and D and um, I mean, that, that's where a lot of expense goes, but that's, that's what separates us and allows us to, to create a better product. And kind of to your point, like we speak to a lot of different, types of athletes because we're in triathlon we're in you know world tour road racing we're in gravel 
we're in cross country mountain bike, we're in downhill. So it's like, that's a lot of different cycling categories and a lot of areas where well, and components um, like you yeah, and components and, and bikes yeah, yeah bikes <laughs> yeah. um and so you know what a what a triathlete um or a professional road cyclist or time trialist needs in a product is very different than what a world cup downhill racer needs in their product and so um but you know that's that's what that's again what what makes things so cool around here is that we have the ability to do a lot of different things and we have the expertise that go go back you know almost two decades in all these different disciplines i had a question and i think probably you all get this question a lot in terms of aerodynamics wheels i mean that is probably one of the more painful topics to always <laughs> ask ask about but or to have to be asked about so there's heaps of wheels out there there's yep. tons of different origins you know black label um you know people just making them in their garage it seems like these days now i understand i've been riding envy wheels for two years now and i obviously understand personally what it feels like when you have a product that is to the standard of what you all create now most people don't get that opportunity because they just don't know um so what do you all really put into developing an aerodynamic lightweight lifetime wheel that's not just going to be you know breaking on you like how does how yeah. does that what does that process look like yeah it's it's a really good question because um a lot of a lot of companies will look at uh, a single metric they'll look at they'll look at weight or they'll look at aerodynamics um you know uh, or you know there'll be an assumption that there's just a certain depth wheel and that's going to make it make it faster because it's deeper um we really take a holistic approach with with our development we call it we call it the real real world fast philosophy and it's essentially you know it's it's looking at stability like if you have a 100 millimeter deep you know wheel set um but you can't ride it in a crosswind in the arrow bars it's not a faster wheel set in in the real world it might test better in the wind tunnel in just a single, uh, you know, at a, at one yaw. Yeah. But, one perfect place. Yeah. And, and that's not what we're doing. We, uh, when we're in the wind tunnel, um, we do a weighted average when we're, when we're looking at that so that when you're out on a course and you're, you're turning, the wind is always swirling. It's never in exact one direction, exactly one direction. So again, those are, those are all things we're looking at, but also beyond aerodynamics. I, I mean, nowadays, wheels the wheels are so good and we like the low hanging fruit is picked in aerodynamics but rolling resistance there's there's more to be made up in um performance and rolling resistance than than aerodynamics at this point point. and so we're looking at rim width um the volume the tire that that you're you that you're using with it um hookless which also uh, allows you to uh reduce rolling resistance so a lot of things that um, go into a wheel like a wheel system making it faster rather than just you know uh, again a single single metric based on aerodynamics alone so rolling resistance has always been something that is baffling to me because it seems like you pump something up with a high psi it's less contact point it's more rigid 
that should technically, in my mind, is just a bro, be like, wow, less rolling resistance. So tell me why mm -hmm. that's wrong. Well, you you would be 100% correct if um, we were racing on the, all of our races were on a, a velodrome or a steel drum, something with a perfectly flat surface. Um, so when you look at, when you look at some rolling resistance data, a lot of times it's deceptive because it's done on a perfectly smooth drum with no imperfections. Um, so in, in a situation like that, higher pressure, it's going to be faster. But the reality is that we're not, we're not racing on a velodrome. Um, we're not racing on perfectly smooth road, even, you know, even good pavement. Um, there are a lot of imperfections. And so if you have a tire uh, that is, you know, overly inflated, you know, you're running hundred, 120 PSI in it. Like we, like we always have. And, you know, a decade ago, that's, or even less than that. That's what we, it's what we were told. Basically you pump it up as hard as you can go. Um, the problem is, is that when you have imperfections in a road or even a, a rough road, um, if the tire cannot be absorbing the bumps, it's basically lifting you and your bike over them. And that is a lot more energy lost than the tire absorbing those bumps. Um, and so that's really where, you know, that's where things are, are at right now. We have, we have professional athletes. Um, I, I'm still shocked. I didn't think I would, uh, I would see it in my lifetime, but we have teams like UAE, which is the number one team in the world with the number one, you know, rider in the world last year with Pagachar and they're running, you know, our 4.5 or 6.7 wheel sets, um, with 28 millimeter tires and they're running in the mid 50 to low 60 PSI range. Wow. And I mean, granted there, you know, a lot of them are, you know, 140, 145 pound riders, but then, you know, someone that's even on the 160 to 170 range, they're not going to be over 75 PSI. Um, wow. and so that's kind of what the, the high, the higher volume, um, higher volume rim, you know, cause we're between 23 and 25 millimeter on our internal rim width. Um, and then a high volume. So like a 27, 28, 29 millimeter tire, um, pairing those two together and the correct, um, tire pressure is going to be a faster setup than a, you know, a 19 or 21 millimeter rim with a 25 mil tire and, you know, hundred PSI. It's, it's really, it's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, we've worked with a lot of athletes over the past handful of years and getting them to adopt and, um, get comfortable with this. And it's, it's a transition because it feels very, very different. And we, as athletes always assume that if it's smooth, if it's more comfortable, it's going to be slower, but with this, the higher, higher volume tires, lower pressure, that is not the case. We get, we get better comfort, we get better handling and we get better efficiency. I noticed when I was on the 6.7s for the first few rides, I was around that probably, I don't really ride over 70 PSI on those either. And I had a 28 NV um, tire on there. Mm -hmm. And I just noticed like when you do corner, it did give me a different feedback. Like it felt like it was almost like going to roll a little bit, but it, I know it really was, there was no chance. I would look down and I would see, oh, there's plenty of 
contact points. There's no sense in that ever happening, but it took me a minute to kind of really uh, feel comfortable with it. And it wasn't even like I was nervous about it, but it was just like different when you kind of hit a corner, there's like a little bit of a transition into the yeah. cornering versus back to the straight. So I think that's really the only thing I noticed that was like, I know I'm on a wide, low, lower PSI tire, but ultimately like they are fast. Like all these, I mean, if you look at the times of pro triathletes in the last two years, we've shaved about 10 to 12 minutes off of the fastest race times back in 2021, 2020. Like it's crazy how fast. And I think, I think the rolling resistance aspect of it, that's probably where we're getting a lot more benefit more than just aerodynamics as you, as you made a really great point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. We went, um, you know, we, we have our, our 7.8, uh, wheels still currently in the line. Um, but they haven't received like a rim shape update in, in a number of years. Um, and we, we were about to, we were going to do an update with those when we were developing the 6.7. And when we started testing, um, both wheel sets, we realized that even the 6.7s at a shallower depth and a lighter weight were actually faster than the 7.8, um, because of the, uh, you know, because of the new rim shaping, um, the, the width of them, it's just these updated designs. And, and that's where I go back to like, don't get, don't get caught up on just looking at the number of the rim depth and having an assumption that one is faster than the other. There's, there's a lot more that goes into it now. And tire compounds, I'm sure are rapidly yep. evolving with the industry, probably more than anything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, um, has really advanced a lot is the tubeless technology. And so now we have, a, you know, really good tubeless tires from, Continental, from Vittoria, from Schwalbe, from Envy, all, all these options out there that are really a fast setup. Sweet. I think that kind of covers most of my wheel questions. Garrick, are you uh, on the wheel bandwagon? You want to ask some questions? Yeah, no, that's just, um, I have like this anxiety about running lower than 70 PSI. I think it's because at one time it was like you had to ride 120 and everyone told you 120, crank it up to 120. I've been like slowly weaning myself down, <laughs> but that gave me some confidence. Maybe I'll try like 60 now. What are you running yeah. your gravel tires at, man? Probably like 30. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The, gra the gravel tires I run at like 40 P. I don't even pump them up half the time. I think, I think on the Envy <laughs> tire or maybe not the tire because you guys don't have gravel but and some of them i think the schwalbe all road or whatever it says don't pump it up over 40 psi or whatever on a hookless and i did that once and it it just it literally just, just popped right off <laughs> yeah. so, i mean I'm, I'm running like 25 psi in my gravel setup like yeah again you have to embrace like there's obviously a point where you go you go too low on the road or gravel but um it's typically lower than you would think and you still obviously the the performance you, you know and gravel you're looking for different things it, it's um it's traction um on on the road you're looking more for rolling efficiency but still like you can go lower than you than you really think and still achieve that efficiency and same with the gravel tires like 50 psi unless it's a 32 millimeter tire is like way too much absolutely yeah I think gravel is something that is like kind of emerging, but now it's, or it was emerging and now it's super popular. Um, I know you guys sponsor a few 
guys that are on like the Lifetime series, like Alex Vermeulen and that. So yeah. how have you guys worked worked with those guys uh, to develop your gravel technology? Yeah, yeah, the, it, that's that's where it gets really fun because like someone like Alexi is um, on an NVMog frame, uh, wheels, cockpit, everything, and that's where we can that's where we can really dial in and find out the truly the fastest setup because we control everything. So we're he's in, he's on it, you know, every wheel set from the the G23, which is like our shallowest depth lightweight but super compliant wheels so if it's a really nasty chunky course like the um, lifetime grand prix finale in uh, the big sugar in bentonville last year he ran g23s um, but then all the way to like our 4.5s it unbound so a course where or sbt where he's averaging 24 miles an hour for 130 miles off-road it's, it's basically like a road race setup. You have the aero handlebar, you have the super fast wheel set. Um, so it, it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice to have kind of this full product assortment available to an athlete. And it, it creates a huge advantage for someone like him to be able to have, you know, three or four wheel choices, a couple different handlebar choices and a couple bike choices that he really allows him to dial in for the right, for the right course. The reality is like most consumers, most customers that are paying for their equipment, they're not going to have all those, all that equipment at their disposal, but it allows us to take that feedback from him and continue making like, uh, you know, the products that are again, like, the highest performance and that our customers are going, it's, it's going to benefit them. Yeah. So if there was a triathlete who was looking to do um, like unbound and say they have a set of 4.5, I did see Lexi was riding. I wasn't sure if it was 6.7s or the 4.5. I was going to ask you, but brought that up. Um, so say they want to take the 4.5s off their, their bike and they can transfer that over to their gravel bike and change the tires. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the SES line is, you know, it's, it's a road line. There's only one wheel that we say is not, um, cannot be used on gravel. And that's the 2.3, um, just because it's the shallow, it's very light. It's very purpose built for climbing, but the 3.4, uh, we, we sell a lot of 3.4 wheels that go on gravel bikes. Um, 4.5, a little less so, but um, if you already have a 4.5 wheel set and you want to throw some fat tires on it, go for it. You don't need to buy a new wheel set. You just, just, you know, go out and rock what you have and you're going to be happy. I mean, as, as you go shallower, you get a little more compliance in the rim, but again, with the, with the right volume, with the right size tire, like you have a pneumatic suspension. You can, you know, if you have a 40 or a 42 or a 44 mil tire on there, like you can bring that pressure down so much that you can really tune that ride quality. That's so cool. I think that's awesome. I think the wheels alone, Neil, you all obviously have, um, you know, the pedigree of being the best of the best in the industry. And now you're making bikes. You've got the melee, the custom, and then you've got the mother of, gravel so how how are those systems really kind of like are they something you guys really are glad you did or is it like wow this was a ton of work 
Well, it's, it, it's a ton of work, but again, like I said, you know, we have a dozen motivated, very talented engineers here. Um, you got a good marketing team. Like we, we want to, we're always looking forward to new projects and ways to show our expertise. And Envy um, is not a company that just wants to fill a catalog with products. We, we bring in products where, where we feel there's a hole in the market. And we've done that with the custom road, like the first, you know, high performance arrow shaped molded carbon frame um, that was fully customizable in geometry um, that really didn't exist before, before we offered that. Um, the MOG, we brought a lot of new uh, features that weren't on the market or at least not all on one bike you know we brought in tons of tire clearance but yet still maintained a performance geometry in frame storage um so you know stuff the triathletes um love yeah. and, and use all the time but for you know for for cyclists it's still still kind of a newer concept especially how you how you do it in a really clean aesthetic um and uh, something that is, you know, durable latch and all that. And so, again, we achieved it with the MOG. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's no shortage of products that um, we're excited to tackle. There's there's many more on our list, um, but you know, you run out of bandwidth pretty quickly as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know, I see even some kind of. I, I think I would put like a company that is similar but a little bit different like maybe factors since they do all of their own production their own carbon molding and everything too they've developed a mountain bike yep. i mean i'm sure that's probably on the radar um what about anything in terms of a hole in the wheel market i know that head had put out that disc wheel that was like not a disc wheel it had like just mm. you know, it was whatever lacking of it by 10 by one percent what do you yeah. think is like an an innovation within the the going a straight line triathlon world innovation kind of hole that you all are trying to fill next? Yeah, um, we we really have some some new uh, new product development happening. Again, it goes back to UAE in that that team, and um, you know when you have the world's best team, they push you to continue innovating and developing. Um, even if you have the best product out there, they're always going to be pushing you and asking you for something better. That's just kind of how it works. And that's why you join these partnerships, not, not just for the marketing lift, but so that we can be pushing what we're capable of. And um, next week, the UAE tour begins and we'll have a couple new products on the UAE team in the race. One is our molded aero extensions. The team came to us last year oh. and said, you know, they, they, uh, they, you know, they ride Colnago bikes and the stock extensions weren't what they needed. And then they bought um, the sink, which were the 3d titanium printed extensions out of Australia. They were heavy and lacked adjustability. And so they came to us and said, can you guys do something better? And said, yeah, of course we can. So we have some really awesome carbon extensions that save about 125 grams from what the team had just in the extensions alone. Oh, wow. um, but add it at a lot of adjustability. So, um, you, you know, you can rotate, um, extend and all of that can be done in just a matter of minutes, um, which is a huge advantage for from what they had 
Um, so those are some, those are things that we'll be bringing to market later this year. And, uh, you know, it's a limited market cause it's a, it's, it's a very, uh, high end product again, made, made right here in this building. Um, but we're providing solutions for like really elite level athletes. Um, so that's exciting. We do have a new, we have a new hundred millimeter deep front wheel that, um, uh, Pogacar was testing in the, um, in a velodrome testing. Um, he's already done two rounds of testing in, um, Valencia, Spain. Um, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like, it's not just aero. It's just, it's not just aerodynamically faster than what they had in the past. It's rolling resistance. And it's also superior handling because you know that's a really deep wheel when you're going high speeds on a technical course you need you know handling is is an important factor and so um we kind of met all that criteria and so we'll have a couple of those wheels under the team and then you'll see you'll see much more of it um those are the things that that i get stoked about because i love it when we can use our our professional athletes and truly create products that are next level. And because we're making things here, we can do it in a timeline that just other companies can't, can't even dream, dream of. Garrett, that was your, um, your cue. Oh, that was my cue. Uh, okay. Neil, what's your FTP? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Neil. Oh man. <laughs> do, you still, do you guys uh, all do like envy kind of like shop rides uh, oh yeah we, we do the we do the lunch ride um so we get it varies you know this time of the year if it's not snowing and it's not you know 25 degrees we'll get six to ten people out on on a weekday um during the summer you know spring summer fall we'll get you know we'll get up to 20 riders and we'll go rip each other's legs off for an hour and then um go back and you know try and try and focus in your next meeting <laughs> that's awesome what? i'm trying to get a group ride going at work too but i'm the only guy that rides so <laughs> yeah that makes it difficult <laughs> <laughs> where do you all prefer to do your aero testing is it velodrome or is it wind tunnel so as a company we uh we do uh, we do mostly wind tunnel testing so um and we go to the uk um, and that's where we've, we've done all of our testing. And so we get consistent data. Um, so we always know we're comparing apples to apples, you know, it can be the same product, but if you go to a different wind tunnel, um, you're going to get different data. So we can at least keep it consistent. Um, and then we, util then we utilize our team. So like UAE, um, they'll do, they'll do some wind tunnel testing with us at our, our same wind tunnel. But then they'll also do velodrome um, track testing in in Spain. So with you know the difference is when you you know wind tunnel testing, you're obviously only able to see aerodynamics. But with track testing, you see just overall what's what's faster, and so it's, it's weight, um, it's rolling resistance, and it's aerodynamics. Also, you kind of get a truer sense of real world um uh speed versus just aerodynamics now i remember last year you were over at the tour with 
with the team and, you know, how is that immersion for you going in and seeing all these, is it stressful? Cause you're like, Oh my, this is all on us right here. And wheels are the only thing that connecting these riders between the earth and their bike. Um, it's a big yeah. deal. How does that feel? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, it's truly a lot of pressure. Um, and you know, you can, as a huge cycling fan, I love, I love watching the races and being a part of it, but yeah, that's always, it's always in your mind. Like, you know, if they break a spoke or something happens, like it, it comes down to you, but fortunately, you know, we're, we're going into year two with UAE and we had a world tour team dimension data, um, you know, prior to that. So really through all those learnings, you know, we're able to make products that, that hold up to the highest, you know, highest performing athletes. You know, we had four Tour de France stage wins this year, um, second overall, third overall, best young rider, Jersey, all of that. Um, so yeah, it, it can be, it can be a little nail biting, but you know, the, the stress of like a wheel just breaking randomly, I, I you know, I think we're, don't have to worry about that. No, stuff not the random stuff. Yeah. Obviously you just, you're just cheering for the guys. You don't want them to have a flat tire or, you know, miss the, miss the move or, you know, have a bad day. Yeah. Um, how, de how demanding are those teams for like, how quick do they need stuff? How often do they need new equipment during the tour? Stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all like that planning, you know, kind of what I was doing from, October through January and ensuring that, um, you know, we, we know what the product needs are going to be, um, spending time with them in their training camps, uh, over in Europe. So then you're working with the riders, you're working with the team directors and you're working with the mechanics to ensure that there are no surprises and they're all very clear on, um, the product, you know, we as Envy, we're clear on if there are any issues um, that are popping up and so that we can be on top of it and address it so that it never becomes something critical on, on race day or you show up at the tour and things aren't right. Like I'd say overall, it's um, the team camps are great because everyone's super low key and they're, it's very low stress environment. So you actually get time with the riders and you get to talk about stuff. You show up at the start of the tour to France and it's pretty high stress. Like it is, you know, as you know, it is the biggest race of the year and what they focus the entire year around. So that's where things really need to be dialed. It's not the time to be making changes um, or uh, second guessing anything. So there is a lot of, there's a lot of prep that goes into that. So I know just firsthand, um, I think it was like, Team BMC may have almost like bankrupted Prolazumi uh, because they were so demanding. They were just throwing away kits left and right. They weren't really sticking to their allotments and they were just, you know, wanting more and more and more. So when it comes to taking care of the massive machine of a world tour team, well, how many, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's specifics you can't give out, but like roughly how many bikes, how many wheels, how much, how much stuff are you guys sending over to a team? Cause I mean, I know their rosters pretty, what's well, like 15 something riders or something like that with the reserves and everything. How many, what do you guys have to send? Yeah. So a world tour team, um, has between, I'd say most on average, probably 27 to 30 riders. 
Um, so it's a big, it's a big roster. Um, and then most of those riders have four bikes each. So you start doing the math and it's, it's a lot of product. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. it. It's a, it's a massive investment just from the product side alone. Um, and that was something that, you know, we had to weigh this year, you know, UAE is, is the best team out there. Um, but they're not on envy bikes. They're on envy wheels and handlebars. So for 2024, we had the opportunity to work with, uh, team total energies in France, um, on hundred percent, um, envy complete bike. So envy melee frame, envy wheels, um, handlebars all the way down to the bar tape. So, um, really awesome opportunity for us as like a young bike brand and really wanting to one market market ourselves as a bike brand. Um, but to get that R and D feedback from top, top professionals, um, racing the tour de France and we'll learn so much and continue being able to develop our frames just as we've utilized these pro teams to develop our handlebars and wheels. So, um, that's, that's something, you know, we're going to have, you know, in the tour de France, there's only 22 teams total in the whole tour. And we're going to have two teams all on envy. So that's a really exciting thing for me to be a part of. And like everyone, everyone here at envy. That is so much work, man. You no wonder you're hard to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Neil, I think we've kind of gone through, um, everything that I really had on my docket. I think anything else that you can shed light on that you're all looking to do would be great in terms of future expectations of what envy can deliver always come to the table with i mean gravel try downhill yeah. i mean you've got it all so what else can we yeah I, I think what what i'm you know a lot of this uh for us a big focus of this year is around aerodynamic products um time trial triathlon products and so um it's a really great way for us to kind of I don't want to say re-enter triathlon because we've never left, but to, to come in um, with a very strong arrow story and, and product line. Um, and so, you know, you'll see us at St. George Ironman, you'll see us in Kona, but you're going to see our products, um, you know, with you guys and other athletes out there. And uh, that's, that's a, that's an exciting opportunity where, you know, I want us to, uh, well, I fully believe that, that we're going to have the best products on the market and I want us to uh, be winning some races. Well, we had, I think what, 19 podiums last year. Um, you know, I think we're going to be doing envy pretty swell this year. We've got even a lot more lessons learned, a lot stronger athletes. Real tri squad is, is growing. And we've also got an expansion squad we just launched. So I can't tell you enough, like how much it means to have such a, forward thinking company on our side in terms of quality thinking about what we don't even know we need yet because you're part of the tip of the industry with the with the world tour team obviously that trickle down trickles down to us um since triathlon is still one of those more niche opportunities to uh to kind of talk about things it's not as fun and sexy as a, as a mountain bike wheel or a cool bike um but if you guys get into the tri bike scene who knows the sky's the limit but I thanks for thanks for having our back, Neil. I know a lot of that comes down to to what you and your word goes towards our team. So thanks a lot, man. Yeah, no, we're we're honored to be a part of it, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year for all of us.
and Garrick. He's racing Ironman Texas. Yeah. Ouch. We'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited, dude. Riding the wheels is awesome and like name recognition. Everyone knows. Um, you feel legit when you ride envies, you know? <laughs> yeah, you do. Like, yeah. You're like, you almost feel like don't even don't even get near. Don't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, thank you guys for the support. And uh again, it was uh, nice chatting with you on this on the show. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Neil. We'll put um, all information from Envy in the show notes. You, we'll let you know also what wheels we've been riding. Hopefully we can demo some of those new 100-meter um, front wheels when it's not super windy because that'll be terrible. Um, but, yeah, ultimately we've got also some light discounts we can put off. So if you ever need anything from, from Envy, get a hold of us, and we can hook you up. So thanks again, Neil, and we'll get you back on after the tour and see how it was. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Garrett. All right. Yeah, thanks, Neil. You have a good one. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.